You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw to a looking. Flips it downfield wide open. <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. Unbelievable. Just flew by him for a second time. Doing knew where he was going right away. How the hell is that, little man? What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, the Dolphins win to improve to 7-3, a 20-13 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders, and you guys know what time it is. Dolphins have a chance to make it 8-3 and three with two wins in five days with a victory on Friday, but we're not going to get to that. We're going to talk about Dolphins 2013 over Las Vegas, the game script, the play before the play, the stats, the takeaways. We'll hear from McDaniel, Tua, Chubb, Ramsey, and Phillips all on the mic from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins and it was 21 more first downs for the Miami Dolphins today. They out first down the Raiders 21 to 12. Both teams not very successful on third down. Miami just three for 11. The Raiders four for 14. Uh, Raiders were also 0 for 2 on fourth. Miami 0 for 1 on theirs. A turnover on downs inside the five-yard line. Tough pill to swallow down there. But 422 yards of offense to 296. The Dolphins ran the ball for almost three times as many yards as the Raiders, 99 to 36. And the Dolphins also ran nine more plays than Las Vegas. So 59 plays for your defense on a short week is always nice to have that. Both teams turned the ball over three times. Bit of a sloppy game. The Dolphins took one sack and got... Aiden O'Connell to the turf two times, both by Jalen Phillips. Both teams had five penalties, 44 yards for Miami, 41 for the Raiders. And the Dolphins had the football for 32 minutes and 15 seconds in this game. And it started off not great. Uh, The Dolphins defense got a stop right away. A first down on the opening play that I thought was a good job by the Raiders of kind of playing into their tendency breakers. You know, Antonio Pierce has come out and told you that they want to run the football and be physical and be that team. And all they do is pull the ball out on the first play and run a little play action boot and get a wide open tight end on an under route for 17 yards. But then it was back to what we expected for this Dolphins defense with some stops. David Long anticipates a screen and helps get a tackle with Raekwon Davis on a tackle for loss. And then Andrew Van Ginkle is in great position for a coverage play on Michael Mayer and punches the football out and Javon Holland scoops it up and it looks like a defensive touchdown to get things going and you're thinking yeah 50 burger today but they overturned it ball was never quite secured or caught so it goes right back to the Dolphins offense and they move the sticks on their first three plays their opening series but Tua gets hit as he's going to the turf head first uh, after picking up the first down yards with his legs and the ball just does come out before he gets that knee down to the ground so the Dolphins turn the ball back over to the Raiders who then kick a field goal and that was the story of the day for this Dolphins defense defending short fields and keeping the Raiders out of the end zone except for one big Big play down the field to Devontae Adams, but you saw more of what I've been talking about 
from this defense right away in this game. Chubb had, Bradley Chubb had back-to-back run stops. Zach Sealer consistently reset in the line of scrimmage by getting that knockback and push. And they did convert a long third and seven where it looked like maybe there was not a coverage bust, but somebody got turned free on what looked like a banjo where you have, you know, some one guy takes inside, one guy takes outside, and Mayer's able to get yardage to put themselves in position to continue the drive. But then they had offensive pass interference. You get an awesome play from Cater Kohu to make a tackle after a short game to get the Dolphins or the Raiders offense off the field to just kick a field goal after getting the football at the plus 32-yard line. So that's pretty important to get that. And then it goes right back to what you expect from this Miami Dolphins offense. A critical defensive holding call on Jalen Waddle, who gave the cornerback all he could handle on a little double move that extends the drive on third and 11. And then I liked how Miami was able to get back to what has been their bread and butter since McDaniel's arrival, right? That 15 to 20 yard, and sometimes it's 18 yard, in that range of 15 to 20 in cuts, like the deep dig, the route that they utilize the space they create in the running game to capitalize with and put those hook linebackers in ultimate conflict. They get one to Tyreek for, I think it was like 19 yards. And then the very next play is a 38 yard touchdown on that exact play. And the ball's right there. Tyreek goes up and gets it runs (laughs) when he hit the turf, like the way he took off. I've said this on the podcast before, you know, those car, those toy cars you have when you're a kid that you pull back and that creates the windup and then you let him go. He is like already wound up when he hits the ground on this play and any play that he, you know, goes in the air for the football. It's just fun to watch and the the frequency of hitting that play this season to come back to it after the bye week. What a great sign that was. 7-3 Dolphins late in the first quarter. But then Vegas answers back, and this was a play I did not expect to happen in this game. It looked to me like quarters coverage where you have uh, four defenders, kind of birds on a fence, basically defending the deep shell of the field. And what I thought I saw, we'll find out about this later in the week, but what I thought I saw was they tried to kind of buzz a route in the short part of the field, and that got the attention of both Holland and Deshaun Elliott. And then Devontae Adams, one of the best in the league, got behind him, and a great throw from Aiden O'Connell. Long Raider touchdown. You're thinking, is this going to be a shootout now? But it was not because the Dolphins get the football back, and they do turn it over on downs after a long drive, but you can see the Dolphins' offense continuing to put up yardage and get first downs and move the chain. Like, this offense, even on its not best day, which we'll hear from McDaniel on this in a moment, even on not their best day, still posts 420 yards of offense. Like That is it's pretty impressive when you're having a bad day, and that's what your output there. So it was more of the same. Uh, Tyreek had a crazy catch in a triangle of contested coverage where he caught the ball, spun out, and went for more yards after the fact. And Tua, with the confidence to put that football on Tyreek, just very, very impressive. The Dolphins uh, got down into scoring range, uh, third and five at the seven-yard line, had a false start that backed him up, and then they threw a short route to Savon Ahmed that I thought was really good effort by Savon to kind of push the pile for extra yardage and it Puts them in a fourth and one situation, and that's a no-brainer for me, for this head coach, this team. Like every time they get in that situation, they're going to try to go score seven points. I, I tip my cap to the idea of the play, but the the it was a two-on-two screen essentially where they threw the ball out wide to Tyreek Hill and River Craycraft kind of had to make sure two guys couldn't get to him, and they both triggered on Tyreek and flew downhill, and the one guy got him to the turf for a turnover on down. So tough look, tough call there in terms of you know, not getting the right look for what your offensive play was, and they turn it over on downs. Then the Raiders take back over, and you're thinking, just get a quick three and out here, get the ball back in plus territory, and go score some more points. But that's exactly what happened. The Raiders go three and out after a tackle for loss by Cater Kohu, just 
quit throwing screens at that guy. I, I saw two of them in this game. And his run support off the perimeter, his screen game off the perimeter, just fantastic. Chubb got a pressure that forced an incomplete on the third down, and that was all she wrote for that drive. And then Tyreek Hill had to exit the game. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, shoot, there goes a potential 2,000-yard receiver into the locker room. He misses the entire drive. And what does Tua do besides waddle for nine? Raheem for a first down run for four yards. Waddle for 12, Waddle for 15. So Waddle, Waddle, Waddle for 36 yards on four plays. Then Robbie Chosen gets called back into the fray and good for him for keeping his head in a good headspace to go make a play when you were released and then added to the practice squad, then elevated. Tough week for Robbie in that sense, but he gets himself in the right headspace and I'm sure the Dolphins communicating with him like, hey, here's the plan to get you back here and all that stuff. But still, it's a long road to get there, right? He makes a big play and then Raheem gets a first down and then we get the third and down pretty much the same call to Savon Ahmed. This time the Raiders blitz the crap out of it. Great call at a great time in low red zone, and that's how you put points on the board. A little Texas route behind the rush. You get some offensive linemen out in front. Great work by Liam and Connor and uh, Lester Cotton to get out in front to lead Savon in for a walk-in touchdown there on that play. So the Dolphins take a 14-10 lead, a lead they would never relinquish. Dolphins get a quick three and out. You're thinking to yourself here with 228 to play, maybe we'll get the football back and go put the ball in the end zone for some more points. And that's kind of what was happening. Two timeouts, 109 to play, ball at the minus 12. You get a great Raheem Mostert run running through tackles, getting to the perimeter to get out of bounds, to save time off the clock. Then Julian Hill makes a catch and a nice move up field. And I was thinking to myself in the moment, that's a pretty athletic move to catch it, spin, get vertical, and get extra yards. But they punch it out, take over at the plus 32-yard line. And then the Raiders kind of settled for a field goal there, which I don't understand why you would do that against this team, but that's what they did. They ran the football and milked off 40 seconds off the clock and kicked the field goal there at the end to make it 14 to 13. Then the Dolphins get the football back. And again, to tell you what you're thinking here, right? You're thinking to yourself, they're going to go score a touchdown. They're going to get the ball back. They're going to score again. And they're going to put this game where it belongs on ice. But it didn't happen that way. And this was the rarest of misses, I thought, for Tua that I've seen from him where they had that Tyreek and Waddle run that two-man route combination with the vertical. It takes the defense you know, takes the roof off the defense. And then Waddle runs that deep over out to take advantage of that space. And he was wide open and he was running kind of uh, uh, horizontally and Tua throws it vertically and it misses and it gets picked off. And that's just not what you want to see in that spot. Would have been a big game, but a, a rare miss, but a miss nonetheless. The Raiders get the football back and they go right back to three and out thanks to a Christian Wilkins third and one run stuff where he just stifled his man. No gain, massive win, put him on the ground, get a stop, get the football back. And then the Dolphins get a field goal or rather a missed field goal on the next drive where they got the ball again to Tyreek Hill down the field. And then Tua had a, a just another one of these rare misses where I thought he had a chance to make a, an improvised play, a scramble play, where he got pushed off of his spot and he threw to Cedric Wilson to the perimeter and it was just high and outside. And you saw him on like after he, he went to the ground because he got tackled and he kind of like clapped his hands in frustration. Like you knew that he felt he missed that one. He doesn't usually miss those throws. We missed the 50-yard field goal and then the Raiders throw it right back to us because Jalen Ramsey makes one of the best plays I've ever seen a cornerback make. And it's just like rules in the system, you go get this guy because he fits what you want to do defensively from a schematic standpoint, and he can take this thing to a level that I don't I don't know, man. Like it is 
such a good play. Like he's got eyes in the quarterback, zone turn, butt to the sideline, kind of keying the route concept. And the moment the man that's playing off of his, you know, he's got outside leverage, which is butt to the sideline, drive inside. The moment the guy that's inside of him breaks on his route inside, he's running the route for the receiver and driving inside. And then to cap it off, he makes a diving catch, undercuts the route, makes a diving grab. What a freaking play that was. Let's go ahead and cue up some sound here from Jalen Ramsey, who was asked about the idea of being a defense that generates takeaways versus a defense that just holds teams off the scoreboard. Here's his uh, intellectual mind thinking about which one's better. Probably both, right? But I think like the analytics are like, if you plus two, you got an 80% chance of winning, right? But like in the same token, if you hold a team to under 17 points, then you got an 80% chance of winning. So um, yeah, I guess it's kind of like pick your poison. Would you rather have a lot of turnovers or like lockdown defense. Obviously, you would want both, right? But um, and that's what we'll strive to do. Um, our defense and then our offense, they'll correct some of their mistakes and they'll they'll be explosive and do what they are. I mean, they they are who they are. So um, we got all the confidence and faith in them. Bit of a tangent there about the offense who would get the football back and go kick a 41-yard field goal to make it a 17-13 game after that play. A critical 19-yard rip to Waddle on third and one extended that drive. Nearly got a pick from Robert Spillane. He does that about once a week where he finds himself in the hook zone and a chance to make a play. He just couldn't make this one. And then... uh, Tua had a, a third and seven throw to Waddle that was a little bit low and incomplete, and I thought had a chance to complete that at the plus 23. Kick the field goal, go back out, get another third down stop. And like Ramsey, Ramsey had four plays in this game to me. The, the two picks, obviously, we'll talk about the, the other one here in a moment. The fourth down coverage on Devontae Adams. But how about on this play, third and one, everybody in the universe knows the Raiders want to run that football, right? That's a team they want to be. So what do they do? They break tendency and run a flea flicker. And it's basically Ramsey versus Adams, like one-on-one with playing press and up in his face. And Adams gets on top and he's like open, but it's like you have to throw the football into a Amazon box from 50 yards away. Like, good luck doing that. He's right there, takes away all options besides that Amazon box up top. O'Connell does not hit it, and the Dolphins get the football right back, and they go kick a 51-yard field goal after Tua gets a drive starter to Tyreek on an insane route where he is just burning vertically right at the cornerback, presses his toes, and when you pause it, the cornerback shoulders and his hips and his feet are square with the opposing uh, end zone. Like, he's facing his back to the quarterback, so Tyreek just snaps the route off to the perimeter, makes a big catch for like 32 yards in that play, and that puts them in position to go go ahead and uh, kick the field goal after a missed third and one completion to Alec Ingold, who was open on the peel back with the ball, hit him in the chest and kind of squirted through his lower half and just went incomplete. The Raiders punt the football right back after a sack from Jalen Phillips or forces O'Connell to the ground uh, or forces him off the spot. Rather, he teamed up with Bradley Chubb for a hit on the quarterback, but Phillips gets the sack. So you're just hearing three and out, three and out, three and out. And all the time, the Raiders are within one possession of going and taking a lead or tying this football game, and it's not happening for them. But the Dolphins get the football back, and they go three and out. It just... A little bit out of sync there. A little weird throw on the on the sideline on a swing route that got tipped and looked like it could have been potentially picked off where I thought Tyreek Hill was kind of open. Just looked a little disjointed in the second half offensively, but the Raiders get it back and they turn it over on downs again because of Ramsey in a fourth down coverage snap. Fourth and three, they throw a vertical to Devontae Adams and Adams is running the route on the white perimeter, on the boundary of the, of the field, right? The sideline. 
Not a good place to be. Ramsey presses him, pins him, and holds him there and runs the route for him incomplete after a great play by Cater Kohu to get in against an end around and force this uh, receiver to bubble deep. And that allowed Javon Holland to come from deep and make a tackle seven yards behind the line of scrimmage there. So kind of nice little play before the play there from those two guys. Dolphins get it back, get one first down, then give it back over to the Raiders. And then the uh, Raiders move the chains a little bit. And there was a play that Christian Wilkins made where Hunter Renfro made a, a catch and got down the field and broke 17 tackles. And Christian Wilkins came from about 40 yards in the wrong, from the, you know, the defensive line, the pass rush, and makes a tackle on Hunter Renfro. It is insane, insane level of retrace down the field and effort and the love for your teammates. After I saw Phillips do it earlier on the play that X got beat for the DPI slash gain of 24 yards, Jalen Phillips made that tackle as well. So the defensive line retracing downfield, huge, huge part of this game. More on that in just one second. Dolphins get it back, punt it back over to the Raiders, and then the Raiders drive about half the field, and you're kind of worried about it. Then they throw it up into the air, into the end zone, and Jalen Ramsey skies over and makes another play on a football. An insane catch, a receiver-level mossing catch. He makes the play and puts the Dolphins in the winner's circle. Let's go ahead and hear from Jalen Phillips on how Ramsey is able to make these plays and the professional approach that the rest of the team can learn from with Jalen Ramsey. What happens when you got um, elite talent and elite preparation and just the mentality, really. Um, during Throughout that whole process, man, I can't imagine how uh, tough it was for him just to see us out here playing. Obviously, you know, all the hype during the offseason, and he doesn't even get a chance to come out during you know, the regular season. And so... Um, you know, for him to come out and then perform that way, man, I just, it's a huge credit to him because I know how tough that can be. Uh, and he really had that fortitude and, and showed up. So that's the game. Dolphins win 20 to 13 over the Las Vegas Raiders, improved to seven and three. They've won 17 of their last 19 in this building at Hard Rock Stadium. And let's go ahead and take our first break right here and come back on the other side. We'll do five takeaways. We'll hear more from head coach Mike McDaniel, quarterback to Atungabailoa, and do the play before the play. That's all next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. I usually save the play before the play for the final portion of the podcast here, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about Christian Wilkins one more time because you, I don't think I've ever seen that before. A defensive tackle 40 yards down the field tackling a slot wide receiver who's made a bunch of moves back and forth. But turn on any NFL game, turn the game on tonight, Monday night, and watch guys that are not around the football and the way they run after it. It's it, Most guys do run after it, but you will see some guys that, that don't. And guys that do what Christian does, that that is rarefied air. Let's go ahead and hear from Mike McDaniel on that Christian Wilkins hustle play, which again, Jalen Phillips did the same thing earlier. This entire defensive line group, an entire defensive front, prides themselves on how they retrace the football. That's Christian. If you ever watch him at practice, if it, and you watch him in games, he does that um, literally every 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 snap that the ball is down the field. And I think on that play, you know, when we, uh, in particular, when we go and review the film, you know, there'll, there'll be a couple guys that are salty at themselves um, because, you know, Christian probably wouldn't have had to make that tackle had they had the same kind of mindset. But that that's what happens when you have players like that that have standards um, with which they go about their game that you raise the level of everyone. Sometimes that... You know, players don't like to see that, um, 
you know, they're all competitive. So, you know, when, when you get somebody pursuing past you, um, that sticks out to them. So hopefully we'll get better from it. But it's, uh, you know, he, he, he has continued to progress in his game all season, something that he's done his whole career. So I've been very happy with him. And um, what he brings to us is, uh, is, is very important. Five takeaways. Let's go ahead and kick it off with takeaway number one from the Dolphins' 20-13 to win, taking a look at big picture items here. Number one, some tides rise all boats, and Jalen Ramsey is one hell of a tide. Two interceptions, and the fourth down coverage snap, and the flea flicker coverage snap, all of those, press, length, disruption, phase, get in that hip pocket, locate the football, like... You can't create a cornerback in a lab better than this dude is playing right now. And the Dolphins got this guy for a third-round draft pick and Hunter Long, who was a third-round pick in 2021, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, was probably tied in three or four on the team last year in the same position this year on this Dolphins team. So Chris Greer, tip of the cap. And uh, just to continue that point here real quick, we had this discussion on the post-game show. Austin Jackson, we'll talk about him here in a second. The 2020 draft class right now, franchise quarterback Austin Jackson looks like a premier right tackle at this stage of his career. Robert Hunt, one of the best right guards in the NFL. Raekwon Davis, a very good nose tackle rotational piece in there. We've seen what Brandon Jones can do when he's healthy. Not a bad draft class, man. It's actually pretty dang good when you think about it. But back to Ramsey, they didn't throw at him. And when they did, they got picked off. In fact, in three games, he's been targeted 13 times, allowed five catches, and picked off three passes. Since he got back, Miami's allowing 17 points per game and have upped their takeaway tolls from four in the seven games without him to three in the three games with him. Those were all his. He also forced a fumble that did not count because of an accepted offensive penalty. If the Dolphins had recovered that one, it would be four takeaways in three games, all courtesy of Jalen Ramsey. Let's go ahead and hear from Mike McDaniel on his star cornerback. I'm really hoping they throw at him. Honestly. Um, he, the, I mean, both interceptions were out of control in difficulty level. So, um, you know, he, you could see him on the first one, um, see the ball, and he was the aggressor. I think he was behind the receiver on an in break, and he bypasses him um, to to get that thumbs together catch that he's diving for. That you know a lot of receivers don't make that reception. So and then the, to track the ball down the field um, and and to get contacted uh, in the moment of truth um, and hang on to the ball. It was I mean it's huge. So you know the 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 I think the whole team has gotten a little bit better to a degree since he's been on our team or since he's been back. Um, and, you know, th- that's the type of effect that players of that caliber can have on people. Takeaway number two is that when you marry the rush with the coverage, good things happen. So the Dolphins came into this game near the top of the league in everything, pass rush-wise, right? Hits, sacks, all that stuff. And, and damn it, look, I don't like to gloat. Yeah, probably I do a little bit. But what did I say all year last year? That the rush was doing a great job. We just had issues holding up on the back end because of all the injuries. X trying to play through the groin injury and missing some time here and there. And just severe attrition at the cornerback spot. Now X is healthy. 
Jalen Ramsey's here and he's healthy and he's cranking. Deshaun Elliott's here and he's awesome. Javon Holland's always been awesome. Cater Coe, who's fantastic in the slot when you can just kind of mix and match and pick his spots to play alongside those two corners. Good player otherwise, but I love him in this role right now. And when you know it, we have one of the most feared pass rushes in the NFL as a result. Phillips gets a two-piece and an interception. I mean, come on. Five sacks now for a guy that missed nearly half the games. Bradley Chubb is killing it. How about that perimeter run defense, by the way? I mean, you know, we heard about this rare team and how they wanted to run the football. Josh Jacobs today, what do you have, 14 for for 29 or something like that? Let me pull up the stats. I'm searching while I do the podcast here. 14 for 39 for 2.8 yards per carry. And then a lot of that's off the perimeter where Chubb and Phillips just consistently beat tight ends and tackles and shut down your perimeter running game. Bradley Chubb talked about the impact of the rush and coverage marrying together. Let's go ahead and hear from the Dolphins' outside linebacker. Job, man, and they make our job so much easier. And there's even times where I'm like, oh, the first move didn't work. He's about to get the ball off, and he pumps it, and he has the ball again. Okay, and that's that's when that rush and coverage starts working together. And um, on, on Rams' first pick, man, I was just uh, I was so happy for him because I felt like I got in the quarterback's face a little bit, and then boom, I see the team defense start to work together, man, and it, it, it's dope to see, man, and just to. Keep carrying on, keep carrying that on, and uh, make sure we make more plays. So two more sacks for the team. I cannot wait to see these pressure numbers. Three picks that will give you a jolt in that department. Also, keep your eyes peeled on the YouTube channel this week for a Bradley Chubb breakdown. I did here coming up very soon. But man, this entire unit. I thought Van Ginkle was awesome. Christian Wilkins, my goodness, he is right back at it, isn't he? Just a stellar performance. And when the offense wasn't as buttoned up as they normally are. How nice is it to have a defense that you can just put the lights out for you in a game like this? Again, nine consecutive possessions with either a one score or less lead in their back pocket, and they never once relinquished it. Also, the tackling off the perimeter extends extends beyond Chubb and Phillips and Van Ginkle. Ramsey's a fantastic tackler. We, we've talked about Cater Kohu, but how good has Xavier Howard been in that role this year? These guys are getting after it, and I can't wait to watch them grow and improve because I think it's only going to get better for this defense as we go on here. Takeaway number three, where it could have been better. That was on offense, right? Let's go ahead and start here with Mike McDaniel's perspective because I think this is important to keep in mind that Dolphins fans have become spoiled a little bit, and that includes me. I mean, that's hard to do. So I, I again, will always be super critical um, to call it a, a, a bad game, I think, uh, would be, um, I, I guess, uh, hats off to, to us for raising your standard. Um, but that I, I, think, I think I was really happy with the way the guys approached um, coming off the bye. You know, you, you know I think um, you learn a lot about people, how they handle uh, you probably learn more how they handle failures than successes. And I thought guys were intentional and deliberate um, uh, to a, to another level this this week. Um, you know, I think that our team in general uh, has kind of captured the idea of um, worrying about ourselves and and each opponent is very threatening, and you have to, you have to bring your best. Um, I, you know, I think there's some stuff that would we'll really see in the film in the run game that we could have had more in. Um, you know, that was it was they were just kind of playing soft and um, and uh, really really wide. Their alignments were different, so um, there was some space there, and I thought we could have had more. But 
overall. I'd just like to see um, us hang on to the ball and um, not have some of the, some of the mistakes that um, really kind of cost us. But you know, it was the first game that I can remember not playing with Durham, Durham Smythe, um, and you know, we lost uh, Han early, and uh, and Braxton wasn't wasn't up. So I thought overall guys um, in different roles stepped up and, you know, will continue to progress. So there's always room for improvement, right? And so I thought the Dolphins pretty thoroughly outplayed the Raiders. Go ahead and look at the stats. But when you give them two short fields at the plus 32 and plus 30 yard line, and then you turn over on downs at the plus three yard line, I mean, if the Raiders had capitalized on that, that's 21 point swing right there. And it only wound up being a six point swing because they kicked two field goals or I guess 13 because you didn't score a touch on yourself, maybe nine points because you could have kicked a field goal on fourth down instead. I digress, but you understand the point. It's how you keep teams in games when you should have probably won by more. And making a habit of losing the turnover battle, that's been the difference in the losses too. Like if you think about it, that's kind of the last thing this team needs to do to take that next step. I would say convert short yards at a higher rate and win the turnover battle battle more frequently but it's, you know, I think it's fair to wonder why it's a problem 10 games into the season. And it's funny because Ramsey flipped this on me here. But at one point, it looked like Miami was going to lose the turnover battle, you know, 2 nothing at least. And at that point, they would have been 1-6 and six in the TO battle in the last seven games with uh, 12 takeaways to four takeaways. That was at halftime. Then they, the first play of the half, they turn it over. But then they get three picks from two from Ramsey and, and one from Phillips. So it winds up being two and five in the turnover battle department in the last seven games, but a total of 13 giveaways and just the eight takeaways. So it needs to get better. And you know, that, that pick from Tua just super out of character. I thought he missed Cedric on that one scramble play. I mentioned the improvised play just looked a little bit out of rhythm at times in the second half, but there were also some dimes that back shoulder shot to Cedric Wilson, who made a great catch on the, on the, on the football, the touchdown, the Tyreek, obviously awesome, but it's just weird to see this offense get stifled for that long of a period of time because we're just not used to it. And if we start converting some short yardage plays and flipping the turnover battle. Like those are the things that you coach always talks about wanting to improve and be the best version of yourself. If Miami buttons those up down the stretch here, they are going to be so, so difficult to beat because it does feel like a lot of the times their errors are self-inflicted. And once they can correct those, man, the, the, the sky is the limit in my opinion, man. Let's go ahead and hear from Tua on why he can be tough on himself and the standard that he holds himself to, I think this is one of the best answers we've ever gotten from QB1 in a press conference. I have, um, you know, a standard for myself, just like everyone in here has a standard for themselves um, with how they go about doing their job. And I take pride in doing my job. And for me, if I'm not doing my job to the best of my abilities um, and to be the best in the league doing it, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't be, be out there, um, you know, doing it. And I'm sure each and every one of you here uh, would feel the same within your profession. Um, and so it's, it's not me being super hard or me not extending grace to myself. It's just understanding, like, you know you can do better. And it's, it's to a place where I'm not beating myself up as much as I probably would have my rookie year or my second year, um, you know, just just because of the people that I've I've had to help me through that. Um, so that that that's what I would say. I I understand the state of the union, um, and I'm I'm not blind to to the mistakes that I've made. But 
it's not me. It's not more so that I'm hard on myself. Um, it's more so I know my expectation and the standard of what I can do, and it can be better, and uh, I want it to be better. Uh, and, and that's what it really is. It's being real with yourself. Let's go ahead and take our last break right there, come back on the other side and do takeaways four and five. And I also have three players I want to highlight that I thought played their butts off in this game. That's next, Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Takeaways one through three from Miami's 20-13 to 13 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders is in the books. Takeaway number four, Guys stepping up. So Devon Achan goes down on the first rush attempt back from IR, and Coach McDaniel said that Achan had many pleas with Coach to put him back in, but they decided to protect himself from himself because it was the same knee he had the injury on earlier in the season. But he goes down after the first carry of the game. Savon Ahmed gets dinged up at one point in the game. Did have three carries. The touchdown and the effort on the fourth down before the TOD was all very, very good. But because of that, now all of a sudden you have one running back you've dressed, and that is Raheem Mostert, who I, I, I suspect the plan was not 22 carries for Raheem Mostert, but he goes 22 for 89, and those were tough, tone-setting, physical, chain-moving yards that we had to have in key spots, especially that final drive where you know putting the Raiders back at the six-yard line was done in large part because Raheem moved the chains with some of his rushing attempts. So just really appreciate the type of pro that guy is. And then our fifth takeaway kind of bleeds into that or or stems off of that is that it's nice to have two number one wide receivers, isn't it? Tyreek goes 10 for 146 in a touchdown on 11 targets, by the way. So efficient with how he gets things done. But he misses one drive and what do you get? Waddle, 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 waddle. Three receptions from waddle for a total of 36 yards. And that just the ability to be able to feature that guy when Tyreek's in the locker room is such a critical element of this offense. Then, of course, Tyreek comes back and does what Tyreek does. But just so nice to have both those guys uh, at your disposal for this offense. I wanted to talk about three players I mentioned. Let's go ahead and do that real quickly here. I'll watch the tape and get to this for you guys in the podcast later tonight. I, I think Austin Jackson might have given Max Crosby all he could handle. And think about that statement for a second. Like, What a game for Austin Jackson. What a year he's had. Just tip of the cap to him. There was a third down conversion where he erased Max Crosby. He kind of got into his chest plate, but then he reset it and anchored and just stopped him right in his tracks. That is not many folks are doing that these days. Also, Cedric Wilson, his return game work and tough contested catches. He's become a nice key player in this offense and special teams here down the stretch. And we're going to need him going forward. So that's great to see. And then Alec Ingold, just a couple of crushing, punishing blocks, some plays in the passing game. Just can never appreciate that guy's work enough. Wanted to go ahead and shout him out. And then the last punt before the final Ramsey pick to pin him at the six-yard line. Critical, critical work there from the coverage team and Jake Bailey. Tip of the cap to those folks. That is the podcast. You all, please be sure to check back this week for an expedited schedule. We're going to be down one show because we play on Friday. So quick turnaround up in New York. Everyone have a happy, happy Thanksgiving on Thursday. We will not have a show on that day for you guys. We'll be back with you guys for the All-22 review tonight, the game preview on Wednesday as well. And then we'll have uh, the post the pre the the recap show after the game on Friday. So check back for more scheduling updates on that. I want to be one hundred percent sure before I get it out to you guys. But in the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and follow me on social at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins for all your Miami Dolphins needs. Check out the fish tank with my guy Seth and Juice. Check out the YouTube channel. 
uh, for all your Miami Dolphins press conferences and Dolphins today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Carolina Cameron, Daddy's coming home.